0: I wouldn't be surprised by year end if we get above those 130 numbers that we saw earlier earlier uh, in June and end of May. Um, but I do I do think we stay above $100 a barrel for quite some time.
1: On this episode of Early Bird, Tom Kennedy Managing Partner for Global Wealth Advisors, Tom joins the podcast today to talk about how to take advantage of high commodity prices through individual stocks and leveraged ETFs. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird. A free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Tom, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well, Stephen. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much for coming on. I'm so glad to have you here. We're going to be talking about commodity pricing, what it means for certain stocks and ETFs for the average investor. Really cool subject uh, but before we get into that, Tom, let's tell the audience a little bit about you, if you could, you know, 30 seconds or so. Um, what, what should the audience know about you?
0: Yeah, it's always tough uh, to try myself in 30 seconds because I would love to talk. But <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm a managing partner I, Global Wealth Advisors. We're a financial planning firm here in Texas. We have a 20 person team. I have two business partners. Uh, We have offices in Houston and Dallas. I'm located here in our Houston office. Uh, We do financial planning. So we have clients from all different demographics and backgrounds. I've been in the business personally for 15 years. I'm I'm from the Northeast, New Jersey originally. I've been down here in, in Houston 12 years. Uh, I run our investment committee team, so we do all of our investing in-house. We have a little over $500 million in client assets that we manage, and we manage those through different portfolios, models. They're made up of everything from mutual funds and ETFs to individual stocks and options and alternative strategies. No crypto, um, but we do pretty much a little bit of everything when it comes to, to, to the investment side. I actually run a podcast called your money momentum mm. that that airs every other friday as well and really it just kind of started off as a uh, mm-hmm. a platform to get timely information out to our clients and and kind Mm -hmm. of took off from there. So that's a little bit of a a little background on myself.
1: Cool. Uh, You're certainly very impressive. Um, So, Tom, let's talk about the subject. You know, it's been a tough year, 2022, for many investors, especially, you know, retail investors, average investors who are still very new to this market. Um, You seem to be pretty bullish on high commodity prices and stocks and ETFs affiliated with that. Could, Could you, you know, talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, it's been a it's been a very bifurcated market, and you know when you look at where we're at year to date, I mean, really, not much has worked. And I could sit here for hours and talk about all the different stats on comparing it to this time period to that period. And when you start hearing comparisons to the Great Depression, you know, it's just an ugly start to the year, and that's kind of where we're at. But one area that's that's worked out really really well um, is commodities. You know, going into going into about June, I think June eighth was the top. Um, you know, the XLE, which is the the ETF for for energy, um, was up over sixty percent, and then it rolled over a little bit. We're still it's still up thirty five percent year to date, but we started allocating towards commodities uh, towards the end of the last at uh, last year, and the reason being is when you look at commodities. I mean, commodities is very broad in general, but, you know, what we have focused on is, is oil and gas. Mm. And, you know, when you look at last year, 2021, what, you know, oil, WTI, West West Texas Intermediate, it's so fragile, the supply and demand. I mean, last year, there was 95 95 and a half million barrels of 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 production um consumption was 97 and a half so you had negative 1.8 million barrels a day um that was in deficit so that's you started seeing prices in oil start to start to take off um and we think that supply demand uh characteristic is going to continue into this year and then all of a sudden I don't know where you had Russia, Ukraine. Um, and you look at Russia, I mean, they're accountable for about 10 and a half million barrels of production a day, which is roughly 10%. And that hasn't even started to come offline yet. I mean, you, you know, you're going to have sanctions on Russia for years and years to come. So, you know, based on, based on supply falling off, demand is, is continuing to remain strong. Um, we think there's a good bull case for, for commodities in general, but in particular oil and gas.
1: Yeah, it's certainly been an incredible year for the energy sector, and specifically oil and gas, um, especially after many, many years where this entire sector has not performed that well and it's lagged the entire market. Um, Tom, let me play devil's advocate real quick for a second. You know, a lot of people might say that the, the run in the commodities space, especially with oil and gas stocks, it's already happened in the first half of 2022, and there's really no more room to run in the second half. What what do you think about that?
0: No, it's a it, it's a good point. I mean, if if the only data that I had a look at was six months and I saw where 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 energy was versus the rest of the market, I'd be with you. I'd say you know, back up the truck on 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 XLF and 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 technology and 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 everything but probably energy. But how I looked at it, how I've learned it was: when in doubt, zoom out, and you actually look at the last three, even go out five years energy really hasn't hasn't done done much it's lagged all the other sectors i mean you compare it to to technology i mean it's nowhere near where technology is done in fact xle has actually has lagged has lagged the actual commodity itself over the last 3 years so and then you look at a valuation standpoint you know based on all the sectors looking at uh, the 4p ratio you're in versus the 20 year average. Uh, energy is still the most undervalued sector out of all of them. In fact, you have technology, uh, consumer discretionary, they're still slightly overvalued. Now they've come down a lot since where they were six months ago, but they're slightly overvalued versus their 20 year historic average. So I still think energy's got a, a lot of time to, to run. And if anything, you've got a great window right now with, you know, it's selling off in the last call it five or six weeks mm. um, to get some of those names that maybe ran up too, too much because there's going to be a reversion back to the mean. There always is on the upside and downside. And to your point, I mean, it just, It it hockey sticked and it was just over. It was overbought. You had a reversion back to the mean. The technicals look really attractive right now in energy. They're bouncing off of support really nicely. So I think you got a long runway ahead of you.
1: Yeah, good point. I I can see why you are very bullish about those types of stocks and where you see energy is heading. Um, let's take a look at the price of oil, WTI crude. You know, this year, the price of oil has basically zigzagged as low as $80 up to $120. The average has been somewhere around 100 uh, Where do you see um, the price of oil, WTI, coming uh, by the end of the year?
0: You know the one of the big reasons for for the sell off in June, why why oil rolled over. There was a couple reasons. One is is China. You look at China; they make up fifteen percent of global consumption. I mean, they're, they're huge. So. There is zero tolerance COVID lockdown policy. I mean, depending on the week, they're in and out of it. I I think COVID for the most part, at least as it pertains to the markets is behind us. So as the economies are all open, as long as China remains open, um, the demand destruction that the market priced in in June, I think it was just overshot. And you couple that with the CPI numbers we got in June, Everyone was talking about a recession, and if you're in a recession, demand falls off, and I just think it's overpriced. So I don't think demand falls off nearly as much as as folks anticipated. I think you're going to have major supply constraints. You have Russia falling off, Um, not to mention, you look at the U.S., you look at the rate count. What's unique this time around with oil, you went to almost $130 a barrel the rig count stayed sub 500 you know our peak in 2015 we are at 1900 rigs in the in the u.s so you're not they're not flooding the market uh with supply which is usually what happens when prices go up producers want to take advantage of those prices so they just turn on the spigot well one it's not easy just to turn it on and two all the inventory that they had built up is now is now gone so to, to, long story to answer your to answer your question. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised by year end if we get above those 130 numbers that we saw earlier earlier uh, in June and so end of May. Um, but I do I do think we stay above 100 dollars a barrel for quite some time. Oh wow! Which right now that that would be
1: an increase. So you, so and obviously as the price of oil goes up, so does perhaps stock prices for companies in that space. It looks like right.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's actually a really, really good point is, you know, there are yeah, you know, there is a correlation, obviously, and a high correlation, but that's not always the case. Sometimes the the price of the price of oil, if it drops, I mean, think about it this way. A year ago, WTI was fifty dollars a barrel. Two years ago it was it was negative, which is just just mind blowing. We could have a whole conversation on why that happened and how. But you look at these stocks. So how, how I look at commodities is you can invest in the gold or you can invest in the picks and shovels. And I prefer investing in the picks and shovels. I don't want to invest in the actual commodity itself, because there are a lot of variables. And, you know, my thoughts could change really quickly. But what doesn't change is the companies uh, of of uh, uh, the stocks, the stock prices, because, you know, you're at $50 a year ago. You know, what happened, 2015 was the first kind of Battle test for these companies. The ones that didn't make it through 2015, when when prices dropped, mm-hmm. um, either went bankrupt or got bought out. Because what we saw with the introduction of, of fracking, they all these companies had to trim fat and bring their break-even costs down. So depending on whether you're the Permian or the Marcellus or the Bakken, I mean, offshore on you know, offshore, depending on where you're at, you have different break-even points but it it, everyone was profitable at fifty dollars a barrel so talk about a great inflation hedge you have a product that you were profitable at fifty dollars a barrel on and now it's almost tripled it got up to 130 it's at 100 so it's doubled um I think through these earnings, as, as you're going to see over the next couple weeks, mm-hmm. uh, you, I think the earnings are going to look really, really strong mm. with these oil and gas companies because of how much oil has run. And it's a lagging effect. It'll take a couple mm. quarters for that profitability to come through the earnings.
1: Keep an eye on the earnings. When we return, we'll hear from Tom about specific stocks and ETFs for investors in 2022. But first, let me tell you you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So Tom, today we are talking about how investors can take advantage of high commodity prices through individual stocks and leveraged ETFs. Um, let's, Let's go into that. What are some of the stocks and ETFs that are best positioned to capitalize on this trend?
0: Yeah. So, you know, this is going to be just very general. Um, Everyone's got their own risk tolerance, uh, time horizon, goals, wants, needs, et cetera. So I'll just kind of give you my thoughts on what I personally like and based on my thoughts, what I think the best areas to invest in to to capitalize uh, on that. And, you know, I tell clients this all the time. when you are doing individual stocks. And if you are, that's great. But just make sure. You know, it's a different ball game, as probably you know, most of your viewers know. Make sure you have a, a solid exit strategy, both on the upside and downside. Otherwise, ETFs are a, a great alternative to stocks, which I'll get into as well. But a couple, a couple stocks that I like play directly on, on natural gas. I think natural gas is where the opportunity is right now. With with everything that's going on with Russia, they supply fifty percent of the natural gas to the EU, and you know that's basically coming off, coming off the market. If you live in Europe, you know, in three or four months, you're gonna have to decide whether you wanna put the lights on or keep the heat on because you're not gonna be able to do both based on what's going on. So you have spot prices right now in Europe on natural gas at $35. We're at $9 here. The best stocks and the best companies take advantage of that. Um, one of them is Chenier, LNG. Chenier is one of the first companies in the U.S. to start exporting natural gas. They've been working and developing and putting billions and billions of CapEx dollars into their terminals to start to export this. Because it's not like shipping a package. There's a lot of logistics that go into not only shipping natural gas, but also receiving it. Way above my pay grade. But they have, they have terminals in corpus christi texas and louisiana so they the balance sheet looks phenomenal they have 10 20 and 30-year contracts in place they just did a 20-year contract with thailand which is now able to import this natural gas they got a 30-year contract with with china and i i like their their play on on natural gas because at nine dollars uh, in the U S and you got $35, $40 overseas. There's a tremendous amount of, of profit margin there, in my opinion. And then also with a technical stand on, on Chenier, it looks really, really, really attractive. Mm-hmm. A second stock that I like is Kinder Morgan. Kinder Morgan is, dr- is directly correlated with, with Chenier. So Rich Kinder, who was one of the founders of Enron, he left before Enron became Enron. He started, uh, Kinder Morgan. And they have 70,000 miles of pipeline. They have 50% market share of the natural gas industry. So if you have natural gas going through pipe in uh, in the U.S., 50% 50 market share is going through Kinder Morgan. And I like the midstream area of the market because it's not as sensitive to, to price as others because it's almost like a toll road. The, these are take-or-pay contracts. So think of a toll road. Whether you have a Ferrari going through it or a Prius, they're, they're paying the exact same toll. It's all volume-based. So as long as there's natural gas going through the pipeline, which there which there is and will be increasing, they're getting paid the same on it. It pays a nice dividend. You got an over 6% dividend on it. They just increased their dividend. And I, I just think they're in a really, really good position uh, I think they're in a really good position to capitalize on what's going on with the natural gas. I just don't see that market going away anytime soon. Yeah, uh, the, and, and then the third stock is more of the upstream, but they participate in the mid and downstream as well. And it's one of the bellwethers in the space, and it's Chevron. Um, you know, they pay a nice dividend, close to four uh, percent. Their cash flow is—I mean, their they're, they're, their balance sheet looks phenomenal. They got great cash flow. They have multiple profit centers. They've been putting a lot of R and D and capex towards renewables and alternatives, which I think is important for the space. I don't think oil and gas is going away anytime soon. But you want to be with the companies that are staying ahead of the game, the ones that if we do go through a recession, can weather that storm, which they can. And they're just one of the they're one of the best in the space, best names. Um, so those are my my go to three right now. All kind of plays on, on natural gas. Um, and then and then ETFs which we can get into
1: as well yeah I mean those are three really good examples um, thank you for getting very specific with those um, you know all three of those stocks are up this year they, they're part of the energy rally so far uh, the, the last two you said are really good value stocks in my eyes and, and, and you and you know I always tell this to listeners speak to a financial professional before you make any investing decision um, I guess uh, real quick let's talk about those ETFs what are some ETFs that you like right now
0: yeah, so I, as I kind of mentioned in the front end, you can play the commodities themselves. You know, you're not going to go into the futures markets probably, but you can play, you know, um, USO, which which tracks the price of oil, is natural gas, GLD, gold. So there's there's an ETF out there for everything. Yeah. And then you can do the double levered and triple leverage ETFs to take advantage of those price swings. Um, but you know, the ETFs that that I like, I stay away from those, the ones that I like, if I don't want to sit there and pick individual stocks, I just want to access and just want beta exposure to individual sectors that I like, whether it's energy or biotech, um, you can get very granular. So, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's one, one, uh, ETF called, uh, FCG. It's a natural gas ETF. It's got 30 or 40 names, and it's gonna it's gonna hold those those companies that are focused and they're gonna benefit hopefully from this rally that we're seeing in natural gas or the oil and gas market. Um, OEF is a uh, is a uh, is another two not uh, OEF. Um, IEO is another one. It's all uh, oil and gas producers, um, exploration and production producers up, upstream. Uh, Fifty holdings. That one's got a nice dividend. And um, you know there's. You know, I tell tell clients, if you want to to find an ETF, there's a lot of resources that I use. But, um, you know, you can you can I reverse find ETFs sometimes where I'll look up a a stock and see what the top holdings are, who holds them. And nine times out of 10, they're ETFs. And you can find unique ETFs that focus on certain areas. That's that's a good point. So I guess, um, Tom, these are some great ETFs
1: overall to kind of just wrap this up. You're talking about, you know, for the rest of this year, with the market being in the state, it is you know taking advantage of the commodity markets and the prices that might go up in oil and gas you think that's the best way to go for for average investors it sounds like
0: yeah i would just I, you know i, I would stay diversify because we like we we like commodities it's a great inflation hedge we think there's some runway um, we're not throwing 80% of our client assets in commodities you know it's a slight overweight in the portfolio because one, we could we could very well be wrong and this could be over this run. Or two, our thoughts could change really quickly too. You know, that's based on where we're at right now and what we think. And it's more, you know, these sector ideas are, are, are more tactical plays of where we think the puck's going to go in the next six months. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great way to play it. Look into the ETFs, look into a, a few of those names. And the best part about the energy sector is that most of these ETFs and and names pay great dividends. So mm. if we're in this side for this sideways market, which we probably will be between now and the rest of the year, at least you're getting paid to wait. Yeah. Income
1: is more valuable this year than last year, for sure. And dividends are a great way to get some income through your investments. You're absolutely right. Um, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird podcast, talking about high commodity prices and individual stocks and ETFs. Before we wrap up the show, Tom, I just have one final question. And it's the big question for today's discussion. That question for you, Tom, is if somebody wrote a biography about your life, what would the name of that biography be called?
0: (laughs) Um, That's a great question. Uh, The guy who never invested in crypto.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You sound like you wear that like
0: a badge of honor. No, I I do right now. I didn't last year. (laughs)
1: Thank you again to Tom Kennedy for sharing your insights on stocks and ETFs. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.